Welcome to The Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to The Naked Podcaster. I'm Jen Taylor and today I'm here with Jess Panesso and I love the name and we just talked about that. How are you today? Good, how are you? Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited about this. This is really fun. Um, you have a different platform. Your website is your name, so it's JessPanessa.com. We'll put all of that in the show notes. People will be able to find you. But tell me what you do for people. Yes. So I am an influencer coach. So what that means is I help other entrepreneurs, creatives really grow their influence and grow their brands and in turn earn more money in their business and really build a life that they love. So that's through Instagram. Um, Instagram's where we start mainly. And then like, but email lists, podcasts, anywhere you can grow your influence on the online space. I'm helping women grow. Which is exciting. I have to tell you, I went, because I always cyber stalk everyone that I um, interview. Of course. of course. I mean, that's, well, yeah. you have a podcast, yeah. so you must do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. You want to know what's up before you get on. Just so you're right. Mm -hmm. So I saw the Instagram and I signed up for your webinar. Yay. Yay. So, so I did do that because that's one of the platforms. It's interesting. Let me know, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but when people come to you, I may be on seven different platforms or four different platforms, but I know what one I like the most and I use the most and I want to grow. Sure. Yes. Do you find that to be the case? I do. I think a lot of people start with Instagram because it's not that it's more basic, but it's like your business card of 2019, right? So it's like, okay, let's grow something like pretty solid there. But then some people just like being on Facebook more or they love their podcast and they feel like they have freedom or they like Pinterest. I mean, if you have a blog, Pinterest is awesome. It's very visual. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways to grow. But yeah, a lot of people feel more comfortable in certain places and you don't want to be too thin in the beginning. You want to get it solid and then grow. Right. Mm -hmm. So... Um, how many people do you work with already have podcasts or do you hear often? I wish I could start a, I hear a lot of, I wish I could start a, yeah, yeah. it's a lot of that. It seems like a big, scary thing. And I will say I started mine last fall and it felt terrifying to just start because it's a whole new thing to learn. I, I mean, I'm sure you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had mine for two years and I didn't think wow. about doing one until someone said, you should really do a podcast. That'd be a great way to take what you're doing in the direction you want it to go, which was 150% correct. Mm -hmm. What was, what, what the, the thing about any of these things is Instagram, anything. I mean, like, I don't know how to do a link in my bio on Instagram and people do it all the time. And I even searched it once and I'm pretty good at that stuff. And then I just didn't do it. I just put it on the back. You need a link in the bio. Link tree is pretty good. You can do multiple links. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can get into that in the LinkedIn webinar. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. The, but I mean, you know, there's little things that you just don't know, and you have to learn them. And that's a podcast. You have to have an editing system, and you know, I mean, for anything, for writing a book, there's kind of a system to it. Mm -hmm. um, and the second you learn the system, it's not scary and overwhelming. For, totally. Right. But, yes you don't know what you don't know. So I'm sure people come to you kind of 
overwhelmed at what to do and how and what direction would be my guess. Yeah. And there's so much information out there, right? Like you can Google pretty much everything, but it's like, how do you put it in the right steps to know that like, I'm going to start here and get somewhere else. And that's, you know, that's why I work with people and really help them get there faster. Tell me how, because you have the podcast, you have a blog um, on your website Uh, Mm you can work with you and connect and you have great um, free features to help get people started. Cause some of us, like I'm really a do it yourselfer. I want you to just show me how to, and then I want to do it. Okay. So we're all, and other people are like, God, please hold my hand for the next five years. So we're all different and you have a lot of different ways to do that. Um, But what I'm curious about, I get the influencer coach. I get the podcast and blog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jump in the yoga teacher. Yes. So that was what really like started me on this journey. So I can go back a little. So my background is marketing advertising. So I did that since college. And I loved classes in the beginning. I live in New York City. So it was like class pastime. And I was always going to classes. My work was really stressful. I liked yoga. I like this yoga studio in the city. And I was having a hard time at work. And I'm like sitting in this yoga class. And I'm like, really unhappy. And I was like, in Shavasana, I don't know if you're a yogi, but I was in Shavasana. And I was like, I just need like more of this. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, I didn't know what mindfulness was. Like now my podcast is the Mindful Influencer Podcast, but I had no idea what that was. And I was like, I need this. Like, I feel happy in this moment and everything outside right now and work is just crazy chaos. And I don't have that solid foundation. And I looked up and I heard the teacher and I was like, I want to be that person. Like, look how happy they are. Like, look what this gift they're giving me. Like, I want to give that gift to somebody else. And that turned me to, to... Um, do a yoga teacher training on the weekend. So I was still working full time and I did this teacher training like three months, like on the weekends. And it's funny. It was at a studio. I really like. it's called Y7 in New York city. And I wanted to teach there. I was like, I really want to teach there. And it's really hard to teach there. Like I had to audition four times, like four rounds. They didn't tell me no four times. I kept coming back, but it was like round, round, round. And I'm like the only one from my teacher training who's who teaches there. So like it was my first and I, I've talked about this. It was my first time that I did something and it was really hard. And it wasn't like came really easily to me because growing up, everything came really easily to me, like grades. And I didn't, have to, I didn't have to put in a lot of work, to be totally honest. And I would get the gold star and I'd be like, all right, I got that. Like, check. And like, let's move on. And this was the first time I actually put myself in a place to fail, like to fail over and over and over. And I was like, I still want this though. And I, from that moment, like that's what kind of led me to where I am now, because I'm sure, you know, and people listening, like being an entrepreneur is really hard and it's, it takes a lot of like mindset work and you fail over and over and over. And I'm, I continue to pick this path because it just lights me up inside to help people and to have something that's mine. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there. I really, we can dig into it. <laughs> well, we will. I want to go back further because you said grades came easily. Things came pretty easily. So talk about, yeah. because I know there was a journey to that point in the yoga studio and I've read a little bit about your story. So let's, yes. let's go back and tell me, cause you said you did marketing and you didn't like your job. So bring us back to the beginning a little bit more and go through that. Like in school or yeah. like job? School. No, it, like, in, like, how did things go and how did you get into marketing? And just tell me yeah. the, the journey. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of fell into it. In college, I, I went to school like near, near Philly, Villanova, and I, you know, I had, was a communication major, and I just said I wanted to do marketing. And I didn't really know what that was. I was, I loved, I didn't like math, and I didn't like science, but I liked writing, I liked storytelling, I liked connecting with people. I liked psychology, but I didn't know it at the time, how much I really liked it. And I kind of experienced that more now. So I didn't really know. And I just kind of fell into it. And I, my minor was marketing. And even going into my first interview at this advertising agency as like an assistant, I was like in for a marketing job. And like in hindsight, that is absolutely not what I was applying for. I was applying for like an advertising role, but I just didn't know. And it was one of those things I just kind of fell into. And I was really good at it. And when you're good at it, and you're rewarded for it, you just kind of keep moving up. Um, and so I, it was like, it was two years in and I got put on a, a beauty account um, that I thought was, was it for me. I was like, I'm gonna work in beauty, this is like something great. And I live in, you know, live in New York City, like how fabulous is this? And it was okay, it was like pretty good for two years and then the role kind of changed. And I ended up working really late, like every night at like 2 a.m. And even the, it was, it was bad. And even the, the quality of the day was quite poor. Like you're going from like thing to thing to thing that you feel like you can't breathe. So this was 2016-ish, like around when I decided to become a yoga teacher because my days were like, I had no grounding. I had no sense of like, like the day went by so fast that I'm like, what even happened today? Like, you know, but that's happened for months. Um, it wasn't work I really liked, but I was still really I'm still good at it, you know. Oh, you and didn't I was like it. I was going to ask you that. No, no, I hated it at this point. But I was like, I'm good at this, and I had something in my head that it's like, if I'm not doing, it's silly now, but if I'm not doing beauty, like, then what? Like, I'm, you know, on this beauty track, and I saw myself working at as a marketing director at a beauty brand. Like at that time, I did, um, but I was really unhappy. So that led me to a lot of late nights. And I remember coming home, I'm, I'm married now, but at the time, my fiance, probably boyfriend. And I just came home and I was just so sad. And I came home every night and I was just like upset, like over and over and over. And just like, not crying every night, but just complaining. Like I was like dumping on my partner. Um, and at a certain point he was just like, well, why, why are you doing this? Like you come home every night so upset. Like I have to hear how terrible your day was every day and I was just like I don't know like I don't know what else to do like I didn't have another path that I you know I had been going down this path um and then there was one night that I I think I, I worked till like 2 a.m like multiple nights in a row like reports coming in at midnight and I was meant to check this excel flow chart like excel doc I mean like until 4 a.m like it was really a nightmare I hope my old coworkers aren't listening, but maybe they are. Um, and I came home like the night after, I guess, because like Kevin would be asleep like that late. And I was just like, came on the couch and was like, just, like crying. And I was like, is this all there is for me? I was like, is this it? Like, is this, is this what I'm meant to do? Like feel like this every day. And he, he didn't really say much because he likes to give me space and like kind of process on my own. Um, and he's not as like up and down emotional as I am. And, and in that moment, I was just like, I need to do something different. And what's funny about that moment is like, even though that moment sticks in my mind, like I started doing everything different, but I didn't leave that job. I didn't leave that job for another year and a half, but I started to make changes. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up 
but on the weekends, I'm going to do this yoga training and I'm going to everything outside of my life, of my work, I'm going to start building into something else for me because I've always been, um, I guess my dad instilled this in me, but like you have a good job that pays you pretty well. Like I wasn't going to quit and just teach yoga. Just like it just in me was not something I was going to do because I knew how much I was going to make. And it was, it was in New York city and it was going to be really challenging, you know? So I didn't, but I was like, I'm going to make it work though. I'm going to figure it out. So that really got me on the path of yoga and that, and then when I was teaching and even like through it, I was like, what I really love, like some teachers love anatomy and like how the body works. For me, I love mindset and I love like the energy and how I can come into a class and get someone like so grounded in their body and get them to think something different. Like even if today like sucked, like the last night I taught this, like can you sit with it? Can you just be with you and like see how that feels? And just to give someone that experience that like, you're rushing around all day, but to like let someone drop in and be with themselves. Like that mindset work is what I do with my clients now too. So that's like kind of the through line of like the coaching and how I bring it from like the yoga. That makes sense. I imagine for a long time, you didn't feel any of that piece at all. I mean, you weren't, you didn't have time to do anything. No. You hadn't even taken a yoga class in a long time. No. I mean, never meditated. I still, I still, I meditate, but like, I'm very mindful now, which I didn't even know what mindfulness was just being present in your own life. You know, when you're so busy, you're not mindful. And if you don't have the tools, you can't drop in. And you know what it's like to be unhappy, but sit in it. And I, I'm really, really thankful that you pointed out, you kept your job that you didn't like. Mm -hmm. But what changed was your attitude and kind of the structure around it. The job did not change at all. No, I didn't. The 2 a.m.s died down, I will say, or I would have left. <laughs> um, they, they were less, but it was still really same job, same job. Yeah. And there's so, so no. much that happens in just that shift, like in your mindset. You just mm -hmm. deciding this isn't acceptable anymore and I need to do something different. And yes. you can only stretch yourself so thin. Mm -hmm. So something had to give. So I love that because a lot of, I think a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or want to be, they, it's, there is no shame in keeping the job that's paying your bills. As a matter of fact, it's kind of a gift because it's giving you the financial income to allow you to build everything else, which is similar to what you did. I mean, that's basically what you did. Yeah. And build it the way you want to, you know, like how do you want to go into it? And I think there's different people. There's all or nothing people. And there's people who are like, I want to feel really, really good before I do this. And if you know, it's going to be slower if you're the second person, but it depends. Like, I mean, I was getting married and I live in New York city and like, it's just more expensive. And there's just like a lot of different layers. There's, I mean, like I said, that instilled background in me of like my dad and my ear, like, you went to a great school, like you meet, you know, and he's very, not that he's corporate, he, he has a law firm. So actually now I think of him as an entrepreneur, but I never called him that growing up, but, um, just instilled a belief in me that like, you need to be smart and you need to make sure that you are safe, I guess, and secure. So that is like also part of it. What made you go to the yoga class that day? Were you just so fried you needed to go do something or? Yeah, during that time, like workout classes were my happy time. 
And like I was doing class pass, which I don't know if they have it in your area, but it was basically you could try all different studios. So I would go to like hmm, hit class and I'd go to Pilates. But when I went to yoga, it was interesting. It's a hip hop yoga studio and that's where I teach now. So it's like they kind of trick you because it's intense, but you have the, all the yoga aspects of it. So when I was in that class, I just felt different. Like I just left with a much different feeling than if I just did any other class, which like there's no knock on those. I still do other classes, but it's just not how I felt leaving. And I didn't know why. I didn't know it was because I was being taught mindfulness or I was, you know, meditating in Shavasana. I just knew how I felt. The class that you were in and feeling good and then hearing that there was a teaching opportunity, that was it. You just wanted the, you just wanted a way to get more of that feeling then. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a teaching opportunity at that point. I knew they had done their, so they offered their first teacher training on the weekends. So before that, they did one other training and it was only an intensive and I couldn't do, I couldn't take them up off work. But then they offered one on the weekends and I remember I knew I was going to do it, like, but I had to, you know, get permission from people around me just to like, you know, at the time, like every weekend of the fall is a lot to ask, you know, your partner or whatever. And he was like, he said yes, but I, I just was more looking for other people to validate that choice at the time. But now since I, that was like the first moment I remember like following my intuition and just saying like, I don't know why you have to do this, but I know you have to do this. And now ever since I, I followed that, it's just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger that when things come up, I'm like, I don't know why, but I know I need to see this through and just see it and just detach from the outcome, but just see those things through because I just feel that those are things I need to explore. And I never was tapped into that before that moment. That's amazing because a lot of people are super intuitive. You were kind of following the status quo. Yeah. And the struggle for you. Right. Yeah. Well, and there is nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, you do have to pay rent and keep your electricity on. So. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, like I was, I guess I was a manager in New York City in an advertising big company working on a huge beauty brand. I had gone to a great school. Like, check, 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 check all the boxes. But then you, you're like, I'm sitting with myself. Like what I asked my students and I was just like, Oh, like I had a great partner. I still do like my husband, we're, we're married, but I great friends, but I just wasn't, I wasn't happy. Like, cause you spend so much time at work, right? Like, I don't know the percentage, but it's five days of your week. And if you don't feel fulfilled for me, that wasn't, that didn't work for me. And I, I know everyone's different, but for me, I was just like, there's something more. There has to be than this. Please, please let there be something. Yeah. More. Like, please, good God, I cannot come home one more night wanting to cry. <laughs> you do the yoga training. And then I think it's very interesting that it was the first thing that was super hard for you. And good, good job. I mean, we're all different. We all have different struggles and academics weren't your struggle. Mm -mm. It was a struggle being good at something and not liking it. Because if you had been great at marketing and you had loved it, it would have you would have been an unstoppable force. But yeah, and I still like marketing. That's the thing. Like I teach it, but in my own way now. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was kind of the next place I wanted to go. You were really good at something and you didn't like the job, but you you've taken those years because it was years that you were doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Did you take the parts you wanted or did you take all of it and make it your own? Did you take parts you wanted and leave the rest? How did, how did that segue? So, and to be for clarity, I still work at my nine to five, but I've changed it. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is I realized in that job what I like and what I don't. And then I switched to another job that's actually closer to what I want to learn. So like now I'm, I'm working in like paid social. So I work with Facebook really closely and like, this is an idea I had today. So I'm telling you very prematurely, but like down the road, like I can teach other entrepreneurs how to run Facebook ads and get like a high ROI. You know, so it's like, I'm still learning stuff that's very applicable to like what I'm teaching other people on my influencer coaching. So for now, I think this is working for me down the road, you know, goal is to do have my job full time. But again, I still have that in my head, like need to feel very good about it before that happens, you know? So, um, yeah, so I kind of went way away from it with the yoga and I was like, I want to be a yoga teacher and that's that. And then I was like, but you really don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't still be trying to do all these things with online marketing. And like I was growing an Instagram and an email list and marketing myself essentially. And I was just like, I could, I could just teach at my studio and make like, you know, like decent money. But like, why are you doing all this other stuff? You know what I mean? So I thought it was because I wanted to have an online meditation business so that's what I started with I was like my first avenue because I was like I can teach meditation classes I can sell those but that was another challenge for me because there's a lot of meditation out there that's free right and selling that was like kind of not really working so that was the end of not the end of it was like early fall of last year and that moment I was like wait like you have all this information you literally have worked in marketing for six years. Like you're growing all your own stuff. Like let's extract that info and help other people and coach them to grow their influence because I like coaching. Like that's what I didn't realize that in the yoga piece, like I loved helping people like break through things and mindset and I can do that in this different way. You combine them though. That's why I was asking yes. like the yoga and the mark, like it looks like this, you know, a list of things that make sense and then yoga, but you took this list of the marketing and the influencer, you took this list and you added yoga and you made the connection. So yes. I love that. Talk, can you talk a little bit more about that piece? Sure. Yeah. So, so when I was taking like, once I really dove into yoga and mindfulness and I was like, I need to make a transformation with people in their mindset. That's what I, I wanted to do. Cause I'm like, I saw everyone at work and I saw them really stressed out and unhappy and all these things. Like a lot of people working for the weekend that I still know. And I was like, this is not, we don't have to work like this. Like there's so many of us who are box checking and who are just like living for the weekend and they're just miserable. So I'm like, okay, I found this thing I really love in yoga. And like, I found so much just like looking inside with like mindfulness. And I realized that I like coaching now I can say that. Then I was like, I want to lift people up is what I was thinking. Like, how do I help us rise up? And then I was still doing all the marketing for my own self. And I was like, well, this is a transformation I can help with other people. So instead of in my nine to five right now, I'm like doing that marketing, you know, I'm like doing it for a client. Like I'm not looking to start my own agency because that would be more of kind of what I'm already doing. Instead of do for me, it's like do with me. 
in coaching, right? So you're like empowering someone to do it with you. And that's kind of the shift I started making. And a lot of people want someone to do it with them because I know you said you're a DIYer, which like courses might be better for you. Just like show me what to do and I can just do it, you know, but a lot of people like need the accountability that like, if you don't do it with me, I'm not going to do it. And I don't know how to do it. And I'm overwhelmed. And I use the mindset of yoga. A lot of the principles of yoga really apply to entrepreneurship because you are your business. And mindset's huge because if you have a bad mindset, I mean, especially if you're in like sales, like how do you sell yourself if you inside? I'm like, am I even worth this? I mean, there's a lot of layers um, to it. I totally agree. And it is all mindset. And I mean, you saw the biggest shift in that because you've kept the nine to five, but you were able to alter it enough to fit you better. And all you did the first couple of years though, was change your attitude and where you were, you were sitting in it or sitting yes. with it. How did you explain that? To sit with how you're feeling. And I think before that, I would just put my head down and get through it and not, and just, so I would think about it. So it's Monday and you're like, oh, it's Monday tomorrow. Like Sunday scaries, that sucks. And then you put your head down Monday through Friday. Like how quickly can I get to Friday so I can do something fun on Saturday, probably go out with my friends and drink or something. And then Sunday fun day, be anxious and then do it again. And that was a lot of my early twenties. And I, I mean, I don't regret it. I was coming out of college and that can be a lot of like your mindset. But then I started, like, I wasn't feeling anything, you know, you're just kind of putting your head down and getting to a piece of fun you have in your week. And like, that's not what I wanted for myself. I love scheduling things. And so like with social media, how posts come out and you're consistent, I love the mm -hmm. idea of scheduling things, but I hate mm -hmm. the idea of Monday is stressful and Friday night, you can just drink it away. And, yes. you know, that whole, I thought, why can't every day just be equal? You just have different things scheduled on different days. And it's really hard. Even when you have that intent, it is really hard to think about things that way. Mm -hmm. So that's a mindfulness piece. Yeah, it's mindfulness. And I think a lot of people do see that if you have your own business and it's like, well, what do I want to create? Because you, it's on you, right? So you can create that same head down nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then party on Friday night or you can create the space but I think it can feel challenging because when it's your own business right it's like everything could be done now <laughs> but it's like how do I schedule for myself that it could get done now and I could be up till 2 a.m and exhausted and burnt out or I could schedule it throughout my week and that's something I even do with clients in the beginning because they're like I'm overwhelmed like I don't even know how to do what you're telling me so we like go through and we time block and like even that can open up space for them to bring in more stuff. I know we talk, I mean, there are a lot of people and I have somebody um, on the podcast coming out after you that talks about productivity and getting hours back. And it's that same mindfulness. If you structure things in a different way, you actually can gain more time. So what if you had an extra hour a week? What would you do with that hour a week? You know? But you're right, that overwhelm has got to be enormously prevalent. 
Yes, with a lot of a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs. Because I, I can feel at times myself. I look at my to-do list. I'll, I like to write things down. I know you do too. And then, you know, you like to check it off. And, like, I'll look at my list and I'll be like, wow, like, I have a lot to do. And it's like, like, even today, I could, after this interview, choose to do, like, three things on my list or four or five that have to get done this, have to get done this week, you know? Or I could say, you know what, I had a really long day. I'm going to shut it down and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And like, that's a choice. And sometimes, sometimes I do choose to keep the laptop open. I'm not going to lie. It depends, but I really try to be mindful. Like, can I take this? And not even can I take it? Do I want this? You know? And like, that's being mindful because otherwise we can be overwhelmed because no one's managing our workload but ourselves. You know, you can have a coach and they can help you for sure, but it's your business. So it's your call. I think a lot of people start their own thing to have freedom and then do exactly what you're saying and have less mm -hmm. because you feel like you need to be 24 seven on call because this is your business and it's starting. And especially in the beginning, because you're learning and you're implementing and we can sit a lot in the learning and not implement and not move fast. And it's a lot because it's not like you know what to do in the beginning. You have no idea. No. And you don't know what you don't know. And it is overwhelming. And there are a lot of things to learn. And until you kind of get a handle on that. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff all at once. So yeah, yeah I imagine most people are really overwhelmed. And, um, you know, I always tell my kids, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. You just, it's small thing. You have to do a little and compound interest works for or against you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know that because I mean, with compound interest, it can be in your friends and your work week and your time and everything. You can, you, you can have a whole group of really terrible friends and compound interest is not going to work in your favor. Right. You know, it's going to bring you down and there are going to be issues and, because other things happen because of those friendships. And it's the same thing with our work schedules and with everything else. So mm -hmm. it is hard. Do you have to slow people down more than you have to teach them and get them up to speed? It's a mix, I would say. I mean, sometimes I mean, if we're going through like Instagram strategy and people are like, I'm stuck, like I don't know how to grow. It's like, okay, well, we're going to do these strategies and this is going to help you grow. But sometimes it's like, okay, let's look at your Instagram and I'll redline it. I mean, that's kind of a slowdown, right? So like, what can we switch? Um, it's a mix. But I would say if we get up to speed too fast and you're, I'm throwing too much stuff, that's not going to work for anybody because you're, you shut down when you're overwhelmed. And with the mindfulness for me, like I'm pretty good now all the time. If someone's overwhelmed and they're shutting down, like I notice it and it's like, okay, I see you. How can, and I don't say it, but you know, like how can we get through this? Or even with myself, like I feel I'm shutting down. Okay. What can we do? And I think for, for other people, if they're listening, if, if you start to notice that, that's how you move through it and forward versus like sitting in fear or sitting and not acting. Because when we're overwhelmed, a lot of times we just like freeze up and we don't do anything because we just don't know what to do. And we're kind of spinning out. Absolutely. And I mean, I know I like to sleep. <laughs> Me too. And, you know, yeah. if I'm if I'm sick, or, well, yeah, normally, but if I'm sick or I'm stressed, mm -hmm. something's really bothering me and upsetting yeah. me. I just want to go to bed. Yeah, 
That's how you deal with it. You just go to bed. The good thing about that is that I know when I feel that level of stress, I just like, I'm checking out and I need to go to bed and it's six and good night. Um, when you hit that point, I lean in to that because first I know I'm doing something super great for my body and maybe sleep isn't a bad thing right now because on the other end of that, things can look a lot less stressful. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's so important to know what your triggers are with that and the way that you lean in. And if you get overwhelmed and you eat an entire chocolate cake, that's not positive. Right. <laughs> that's probably not. Or, yeah. you know, you binge watch something or whatever. You can do things that are very unproductive when right. you're stressed. And you can, you can switch and do things that are productive. Yes. When, yeah. And that kind of helps you to lean into that. I know when I'm that stressed and I go to bed at 6, I'm going to wake up a different person. I know that's that. Nice. You can do that. And I think again, it's a mindset though, mm -hmm. you know, I know I'll feel better. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, when teaching mindset, how many, there's gotta be a million different modalities to help people be yes. mindful and different things work for different people. Tell me some of the things that work when someone hears it and, and when you're telling them it's kind of giving them permission and is that a huge relief? So I have a couple questions. Okay, unpacking. Permission, yes. Permission's huge. I notice that I still ask permission from like my coaches. Like I still ask them, like I know it's kind of right, but I'm like asking for permission. I still hear myself asking for permission from like my husband when I run something by him. Not that I really, not that I don't care what he says. I kind of know what he's going to say, but I like need that validation. So I think a lot of us do need someone to like stand with us and be like, yes, that, that's the right, right call for I would say for overwhelm, and I know people are like, it depends. Some people don't love this, but I really do like journaling because I feel like when, I, when I'm writing something down, like especially if it's a fear or a limiting belief, like something that is like a story I'm telling myself, I'll tell myself that story over and over and it kind of spins in my head. When you write it down, it's like, do I believe that? You know, like do I believe it? And maybe I do. And it's like, well, how do I shift it? Cause like we believe stuff from growing up, you know, like I know I've already mentioned the story about like my dad, like the hard work and a corporate job and like all those things. Like that's still something I'm sure I'm still working through. And there's things that we learn about money. That's a huge one for people, not enough money. Um, so it's like, how do we feel abundant if that's what we want? And I think, writing it down can help and writing a new mantra for yourself and maybe just saying it over and over. And it sounds woo woo, but it, it really is like law of attraction that what you put out, you get back. And you feel that, especially as an entrepreneur, because you're, most of us are in sales, right? Like you're selling something. Um, and if you feel small and not worthy and not, not deserving of making money in your business, people feel that. And they think you just don't know what you're doing. You know, and so I think that's why it works for so many entrepreneurs to be like, you have to feel it because you have to sell it and you have to really, and it's not in a fake way, but like believe that you can help people make this transformation because that's going to bring people with you, you know? So. Absolutely. How much, how much is money related? Is the, I know I've never liked the word fear, but I don't know another word that I like better mm -hmm. because I think so many things are fear-based starting that podcast or you yeah. know, going doing the Instagram account or putting yourself out there or 
leaning into who you are. Um, I think that most of that is fear-based and how much of it do you think revolves around finance in one way or another? I think, and I've been doing a lot of work on this with myself and like, as you know, as you talk to clients, especially, you know, you're selling like programs. Um, I think money is an easy way to shut down. So you can say you have a program in front of you and say you've never invested in yourself before. And that's scary. Maybe you've never made such a purchase on your own self because that feels crazy. Right. And you're just like, I, I can't afford that. And it's like, we can say that and we can just shut it. And maybe that's true. You know, like maybe money is tight, but you know, you don't know someone's situation, but most of the time it's because even if you strip the money away, it's like, that's scary. What if it doesn't work? What if I can't do it? What if I don't have the time? I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I think we throw money in the front because it's like, who am I to dispute your finances? You know what I mean? And it kind of is like the conversation stops. So as a lot of coaches I've been working with and like, you know, your good coach stands with you and says like, well, why? Like, do you, what if money didn't exist? You know, what if, then what? Would this be the time for you to start your business? And that's when you kind of hear people's like real situation. Um, but that's going to be hard in the beginning because you're like, you hear that and you're like, oh, I don't want to like have someone lose their house, you know, whatever story they're telling you, you know? Um, so it's huge. It's huge. I think we have money issues, but I think we also use money as a wall to shut people out and to I, hold ourselves back. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, you know, I learned something, um, someone used the word shame and I was like, wow, that's a tough word right? That's a big word. But it, but she went on to say, well, if you feel like you're not bringing in enough money for your household, or you're using a lot of that for your coach, mm -hmm. and that feels shame, selfish, you're ashamed of that. There's so much shame. On, and I was like, oh my God, shame has got, my, that's going to be, that's my word. And without even realizing it, thinking that was a totally harsh word. Once you lay out what the issues are, and mm -hmm. where they're coming from, I think, and you work with women. Yes. Shame. We do. Be a good parent and still do I've been listening work. to Brene Brown's book, Daring oh. Greatly, and like, yeah. ugh, I can't believe I'm getting on, it's getting on so late, but I'm, I'm with you on the shame. Yeah. Yeah. And she's one of the people that talked about, she's another one that talks about it. This was an energy coach, but just putting it in perspective, like, I'm like, I don't feel shame. I mean, what do I have to, what, that's huge. That was a horrible feeling at first but then when you really do Brene Brown breaks it down beautifully when you really do break it down I was like oh my god that is where it's coming from it's yeah. all shame based but money is money is a big stress I think for people legitimately because you know you want to keep your electricity on and you sure. want to buy your kids yes. shoes or like there are things that have to be, I know what my budget is it's laid out perfectly mm -hmm. I make it. um that's but it. <laughs> Even if it's outside of that budget, honestly, the thought process is, well, I can't afford it. But instead, I think if people shift to, I don't know how I can allocate that right now. It isn't that I don't want to do it, or I feel selfish, yeah. or I have shame around it. But I honestly don't know how to take that budget that's written down and allocate that money to that. It, it seems overwhelming and impossible. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to look at it because then you're really looking at the situation and it's like, 
Can you? Because I think sometimes people are like, you know, we spend money on all kinds of stuff, you know, that was like, do we really need that? But I think it's good that you're, you're looking at your budget. I don't think most people look at it that closely and they're just like, you're scared because you don't know. And then when you don't know, you're like, I'm going to spend as little as possible because I just don't know. Cause I've been there and I'm like, I don't want to know, you know? So right. I, yeah. And, and then you don't want to feel selfish and ashamed. No. Embarrassed. We don't want to feel that way. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's very interesting. So there's so much mindset like on both sides, because if you're a coach, you're usually getting coached, you know, it's, we're experiencing on both sides. So you kind of, you know how the other person feels, but then you know what's possible. So you're like, oh, you know, trying to help them. And maybe it's not the right fit. If it's not the right fit, it's fine. But sometimes people shut down because they're just scared. Yeah, fear's, fear's a pretty big thing, especially if it's something that you want to do and you just don't know how. Because again, going down to those underlying feelings and in mindfulness, you don't want to feel stupid either. No, or that you're going to fail. Right. You know, we don't know if it's going to work. Those aren't happy things. And to, to sit with that and be like, oh, that's how I, I'm afraid of failing and looking stupid. Okay. Yeah. But I think with that, mindfulness, you, you feel that and then you can lean into it. Yeah, that's actually something, I mean, shifting away from money a little bit, like yeah. um, with influencer coaching, like people feel stupid to show their face online. That's like a big barrier for a lot of people, which for me, I got over that pretty quickly because for me, it's because I'm offering value. And I think if you come from a place of, if I don't share this, other people are going to lose out on this piece of value or this mindset shift or like something they really need to hear versus if I get on this Instagram story and my friend sees it and like, I'm so embarrassed because who does she think she is? And my voice is stupid. You know, it, it's just like in the beginning, we come from that other place and it's like, we don't mean it, but we're like me, me, me. And we're scared. And we don't think about it like me, me, but it's like, you know, what do people think of me? So what I help people do in this shift, I, I posted about this last week about audio and I got a lot of feedback. Like, I don't like my voice. I don't like getting on camera, all these things. And I'm like, but think about who is missing out if you don't share your story, if your voice isn't heard. And I think it might be a woman thing too, that we don't want our voice heard. And I think it might be subconscious, you know, like how do we get the least amount of embarrassment? And maybe that... I feel like, you know, like our middle school years, that's like a tough time. Like anything you do high school, like you're made fun of. And then we carry that through. So it's like, you have to do work on that to be like, who cares? You're always going to have a hater. They're probably not going to say it to your face. They're probably going to text their friend about it or in their group chat or something. And we're just going to move on, you know, and like help the people we're here to help. So I definitely help people with that too. Cause like some people just, especially in the beginning, it's a block. I heard once, <laughs> I'm so thankful for the things that I heard that stuck. I heard once that one, when you have haters, you know, you've arrived, like you've done, you've done enough and put yourself out there enough that you're actually in a good place. So I came at things from that point and I was like, just, I'm waiting. Like how long is it going to take me to get my first hater? <laughs> that makes this it kind of awesome. fun. I've arrived. <laughs> Did you get your hater? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, I did. And it was awful. Ugh. Haters. Oh, it doesn't, you know, you're still, 
when you're doing a business, regardless of what these women are doing for their business, and you're coming from a real genuine place, mm -hmm. and you want to help people. I mean, these are all the things that you've talked about that you're doing for women, right? Yeah. And someone looks at you and has a hater statement. It hurts because you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's hard to hear that stuff because part of you wonders what if they're right? Yeah. But I just knew that when it happened, I'd arrive. So was this actually ties back to the, the Brené Brown. Do you watch her Netflix special? Yeah, I did. About getting in the arena. Like was that yeah. person an entrepreneur or were they just kind of like the peanut gallery? Because right. I just like now since I've heard that, it's like definitely like, no one knows what it's like to put yourself out there unless you have. So I just don't even, don't even think about it. Like yeah. you do care about people's opinions, but can you care about like the right people's opinions and not people who are just like judgy to judge? Right. Tell me, let's go more into the influencer aspect. I want to mm -hmm. understand more about what that means and what you do. From like helping people grow their influence? Mm -hmm. Yes. The idea is, and again, my background is marketing and advertising, right? So if we are trying to make an impact for our business, people need to know who we are. <laughs> we need to have a brand. And what? we need a brand. You need a strong personal brand. And, you know, some people are coming in and say they're working, um, they're, they're selling something, or you're coaching, you think you want to be a health coach. You need to have that foundation to have a brand and grow your know, like, and trust factor. And it's it's basic marketing, but it's like you need you want people to feel like they know you and they've had multiple conversations with you before you ever ask for a sale. So audio is great for that because right now, like, we're talking to each other, but whoever is going to listen to this is going to feel like they kind of had a conversation with us because we were in their earbuds, you know? So it's like get your voice out there. And it's post on Instagram, but just don't only post your work. Like, who are you as a person? Because you want someone to know, like, and trust you. Um, that's yeah. And like, and grow and like, how do we grow bigger? Because there's a few ways to do it, right? You could be a higher price coach and have a smaller pool. That's going to work for you. You can have a bigger influence and sell more stuff at a lower price point. I mean, it's just like basic math. So it's like wherever people are, it's like, how do we grow your really strong brand and get at like what you really want? Because people want different things. Some people are like, I want to work with influencers. Like I have a great client. She has a plant company. Um, she likes ship. It's called Botany Box. Just give her a shout out. And they ship plants um, around the country and then around the country. And she wants to work with influencers and like style their house and like so I help her with that like how do we get you out there and pitch so that's part of it too people are scared to pitch themselves um any way to like get your name out there and market yourself because you're your brand right and some people aren't they just don't know how to do it so that's really what we work on and that's going to support your business because if people don't know about you they're not going to buy from you and then you're not going to build that brand that you can support that life that you want to live that's so fun. So for her, she would take pictures of her plants being styled in a room. Yeah. So that's like a, that just a portion of her business. Yeah. Right, her, right. Instagram, her Instagram's great. And she's like always like in a greenhouse, but yeah, she does like styling. 
Um, what else does she do? She's like even pitching to like other media outlets to have them show her product or like gifting or um, just growing her brand and growing her list, right? Too, because you want people to love that, that brand and identify with it and create a culture in it because you don't just want to be a one and done. You want people to come back and be your advocate. That's really the best when other people start talking about your brand and telling people how great you are. That's really what you want. We had a conversation before we started recording and I said, it's like, you know, one of my 19 year old daughters was here and we, I, and my husband said, you're such a amazing young woman. And she said, woman. And I remember feeling that way at that age. Like when, when are you at the age you're an adult? Cause you're over 18, but you know, when are you at the age when you can claim being a woman is, and being an influencer very similar to that feeling like you're not. So I'm actually doing an episode about this next week because okay. I feel like, okay. So before I changed my podcast to the mindful influencer podcast, which was like a recent ish change, like change it to this. I started doing my market research. And I'm like in Facebook groups asking people, it's very polarizing. So I chose it knowing it was going to be polarizing because influencer, the term you think of someone unboxing or like selling skinny teas and like, you know, they're not very, they're just trying to get whatever stuff out there to you. So they make money. Right. So it's like, instead of let's think about being a mindful influencer. So what is the impact that you want to make on the world? Like, what is your why? And can we stay with that and then grow our influence? And giving people, empowering them that, like, you are an influencer. If you, I actually use the definition. It was like, if you can change someone's behavior, I might be quoting it wrong, but it was, like, from the dictionary. It's the capacity to change someone else's behavior that is influencing. That's it. So you do not need 10,000 followers. Like most of my clients, like that's the goal, 10,000 followers. But like, we don't want 10,000 bots, right? Like we want people who are going to love us, talk about us, hopefully buy our, our services because they need it. You know, we're not pushing it on them. It's because we're actually helping them and we want them to buy from us because it's going to change their life and really believe that because that's, that changed our life you know, and those are the people I'm working with. And like, that's why it's the mindful influencer podcast. Um, and I'm encouraging people to step into that word influencer. And I know it's polarizing. And I, someone said to me, <laughs> I asked them about influencer and they're like, gave me all these reasons why. And they're like, instead of trying to re what I say, reclaim it, like consider a rebrand. And I was like, noted, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I didn't tell these people that I was making it my brand, but I was just like, I'm curious what you think about the word influencer. And I got, it was very um, skewed reaction. So, and these people were in an influencer group. I think it was like an Instagram influencer group. So yeah, it, it's interesting. And I think that is something that people need to step into, like step into your power in the same way you're stepping into being that entrepreneur. So you actually branded yourself based on the haters feedback. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I knew it. I knew it. And I was like, I want to reclaim this. And I got, I got some people agreeing with me. I would say it's 50-50. I got some people that were like, yeah, you're right. It should be reclaimed. Like, and some people that was like, you know, thinking of influences, like I described it, like hundreds of thousands of followers, like very shallow and just like in it for the free stuff or the money, you know, um, because it has 
it could be go that way, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's why it's the mindful influencer. So there are people who are like really tied into their why and want to make that impact. And like, how do we just grow your influence? And that's just your capacity to change someone else's behavior. I love it. But you, so you must throw people off with the mindful part in there. I mean, that's like, well, what do you mean? How would you yeah. do that? I yeah. love it. So tell me what you would give as advice for these female entrepreneurs who are out there wanting to, to wanting more mindful, to be mindful influencers. Sure. Yeah. So firstly, like what, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want? And I think there's two wants. There's like your personal why. So that's like, I want freedom in my work. I want to travel when I want to, you know, whatever that personal thing is. And then it's like, what's your soul why? So like, what is that impact you want to make on the world? So we have those two things. That's your mindfulness. That's your why. That's like what drives it. And then how do we grow your influence, grow your brand online so other people feel that? Because I've talked to people on like breakthrough calls and we have the most beautiful, soulful conversation. And then I check out their Instagram and I'm like, I don't feel that though. You know, like that's not coming across to me. And sometimes you, you don't know, know that, like you see it because you're not growing and people aren't liking your stuff and you're like, what's up going on? But you want people to feel that mindfulness in you and like that impact, that change and the value you bring them like so strong, like just as strong as if we're talking right now, you know, and that's really, that's where you start. You know, most people start with Instagram. Email list is great to start right from the beginning because you own it. And you can just start growing it. I think that can sometimes be put to the wayside. But it's like, how do we then go find those people who need what we have to share and get them to, to know, like, and trust us? That's it. That's it. You know? That's it, yeah. <laughs> then there's all the strategies, but yeah, that's the foundation. Do you think, I think it's difficult. I, my personal belief, and I write, and I write for other people, but to write the, like your landing page or to write your Instagram bio, or, <laughs> that is the hardest content I know. to write so that what you feel, because sometimes I think there's so much in people that we feel that we want to do that soul why, to mm -hmm. actually make it, put it into words on paper in a way that someone sees it and feels it back. That is so difficult. People need to be kind to themselves about this, I think. I, I know this is challenging because it's like, think of your, you're usually talking to your former self. If, if we're tied that much to our soul, why, right? Like a lot of us are helping or, or pulling our arm back for that former self and pulling them forward. So when you're writing copy, it's like, how do I, and it's kind of, it's probably going to be triggering, but it is like, how do you trigger someone? How do you get them to feel what you want them to feel so they're inspired to make a change? And what might trigger me now, like me in this moment, wouldn't have triggered me back then. So if that's the hard part, it's like you have to go back to your person and see what would trigger them. And a good thing is like, you can test, you can test copy. Like you can put it in your Instagram story and say like, not well, you can't test copy, but like even test ideas, like, and see what resonates. And like, maybe that's woven into your copy more or notice like your emails, like your email subjects, which ones are getting clicked on a lot more. I've noticed that when I kind of 
I kind of don't like bury the lead. Like I don't really say what it's about. Like something like I did an imposter syndrome um, episode and the subject was just like, I felt like a total fraud, dot, dot, dot. Why? <laughs> you know, it's like that made people click. And so when you're starting to write copy, which is like as an entrepreneur, now you're a copywriter, right? Um, you have to think about your person and how you can kind of trigger them to get them to take the action you want them to. And your bio, I actually have a freebie to build your a better bio, which is helpful. Um, if any of the listeners want to use that, um, that's tough because it's concise and you want people to see like in a second, like who are you and why should I follow? I love it. I love how you have such great stuff on your site. People need to go to the site and look because there is so much information and it can do one of two things. You can be sort of a do it yourselfer like I am and take that and really utilize it. Or it can make you realize how much you really need help and that that's a totally normal thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It depends. Cause there's so much free content, you know, like you can listen to so many podcasts and get free content, but it depends on the person. Like today I was listening to an SEO podcast and I took notes and I was like, I'm going to go back and figure all this out, you know, but then sometimes I want someone to do it with me. So it just, it depends. So there's lots of content out there, but not all of it is like A to B, you know? That's okay. true. Thank you so much as for being on the show today and telling, teaching us all of this and going through this journey with me. It was so fun. So fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.